is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Did you know that there are 450,000 churches in America? There's about 600,000 preachers in America. Now, that's a lot of churches, a lot of preachers. Now, today, I want to talk about, I want to ask the question, how can you tell if your church is just another worldly church? In other words, no different than the world, full of unconverted people. Because, you see, here's what I know. Every person in your church claims to be a Christian. Uh, no one is going to tell you they lack sincerity. Uh, no one's going to tell you that nothing has changed about my personal life, absolutely nothing at all. No one's going to tell you, look, I'm addicted to pornography, I'm a womanizer, i got anger issues. Uh, most people, in fact, all people in church are going to tell you they're saved, sanctified, and heaven-bound. Okay. Now, that's just a given. It's just an absolute fact. That's what they're going to tell you. Now, in Revelation 18 and verse 4, there's a scripture that says this. It says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her plagues. Now, this is instructions to come out of a great false church, a great false church system referred to as the harlot church and God is saying look come out of her my people would God ever tell you to come out of church to leave a church well the answer is absolutely when a church is no different than the people living in the world it's an act of futility to be going there and it's time to leave that church Let's notice Isaiah 1 and verse 13. And I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. Monthly conferences, weekly Sabbath, special meetings, meetings, meetings. I can't stand one more. Meetings for this, meetings for that. I hate them. You've worn me out with your religion. I'm sick of your religion, religion, religion. Wow you go right on sinning. Yeah, you know, God can get worn out by people's religion. Did you know that? He can get sick of people's religion, especially when they go right on sinning, especially when you're no different, the people in the church are no different than the people outside of the church, no different than the world. So how can you tell if your church is a worldly church full of unconverted people. Well, I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how with this program. Now, 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. Now, this, these statistics that I'm going to give you here come from the Glenn Beck program, and they are about eight years old, these statistics, so I'm sure the numbers have gone up since then. Okay, 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. So the question is, 
is your church a worldly church? Well, how does God view divorce? Okay, we just read that 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. Well, how does God view a divorce? Well, in Malachi 2 and verse 16, it says this, For the Lord, the God of Israel, says that he hates the putting away. In other words, he hates divorce. Okay, God hates divorce. He hates the putting away. All right? Why? Well, it's because of the children. You know, the one who suffers the most in a divorce is, are the children. Now, Jesus did give one reason for divorce. It's found in Matthew 19 and verse 9. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for the fornication, and shall marry another, commits adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, does commit adultery. So fornication is one of the legitimate excuses for a divorce. That is, one of the other partner has been unfaithful to the other. Okay? All right. Now, is there life after divorce? Well, I want to offer you something here. A booklet by that title, Is There Life After Divorce? Order that. I think you will be encouraged by that if you've been through a divorce. You know, it, it goes into explanation about divorce and 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 remarriage and remarrying and and it will give you some good instruction and I think some encouragement uh, from that little booklet. I can send that to you free of charge. But what my point is this. The divorce rate among Christians is the same as non-Christians. About 50%. So how can you tell if you're in a worldly church? Well, you could start by asking how many people in this church are divorced? You know? And if it's the, if it's the majority, well then you're, here are people doing something that God absolutely hates. God hates the putting away. God hates divorce. So this is one of the ways you can tell if you're in a uh, worldly church or not. They just don't care about the issue of divorce. They don't. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, staying faithful to one another or anything like that. Now, 60% of Americans say having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. Notice this. 60% of Americans say, ha, say having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. You know, they accuse Jesus of being a bastard, a person born of parents not married to each other. In fact, in John 8 and verse 41, it says, you know, they accused him. They said, you do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. What they were accusing him of is having two parents, being born from two parents who were not married to one another. Married to one another. So Mary became pregnant, and Mary and Joseph were not married at the time. Of course, they didn't understand that Mary had been impregnated with the Spirit of God. So fornication results in bringing children into the world when the parents are not even married. <clears throat> All right. But 60% of Americans say having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. So how do you know if you're in a worldly church, a church filled with unconverted people? Well, you just ask the question. How many people in this church believe having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable? You might be shocked at the hands that would go up. I don't know if they'd be honest. I don't think they'd be honest if you asked it in church. But... Uh, this is how you found, find out if you're in a worldly church. Okay. 
59% of Americans say gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. 59% of Americans say gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. Leviticus 18 and verse 22 says, You shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Well, I can just hear someone say, Well, that's the Old Testament. Well, I'm, I'm okay. Show me the New Testament. All right, I'm glad you asked. Romans 1 and verse 26. For this cause, what cause? God gave them up to vile affection. We're going to touch on what the cause is for this cause, okay? God gave them up into vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. In other words, they did not look at creation and glorify God. That's the, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affection. They didn't look at creation and glorify God. The earth that travels around the sun at a speed of 64,000 miles per hour. Uh, <clears throat> from the time that you go to bed until the time that you wake up, you've traveled over a half million miles on this planet spaceship called Earth. Uh, photosynthesis, uh, the hydrologic cycle, all of the things that God has created. The moon, uh, the gravitational pull of the moon on the large bodies of water, the big stir stick. God said, I need a big stir stick because if I don't stir up this water, it's going to stagnate and all sea life will die. And so you have the gravitational pull of the moon on large bodies of water that keeps it stirred up. In other words, they didn't glorify God through creation. In other words, you cannot create something smarter than yourself. All you got to do is look around you at the earth, photosynthesis, the hydrologic cycle, you know, the, the, the moon, the tides, the oceans, and you got to realize, well, I didn't create that. Because you can't create something smarter than yourself. There had to be a creator. All right. But instead of acknowledging, acknowledging God by creation, we say things like, well, we evolved from pond scum. You know, the truth of the matter, you can't fix stupid. You, you cannot fix stupid. That is the dumbest. Okay, we evolved from pond scum? All right, let's go on. Romans 1 and verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use of that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. So again, I come back to this. 59% of Americans say gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. So all you got to do is just ask your church people, do you believe gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable? Okay? Half your church believes that. You're more than likely in a worldly church. A worldly church. 63% of Americans say sex between unmarried men and women is morally acceptable. Well, Ephesians 5 and verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, 
let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. So the question is, are you a saint or are you a fornicator? If you're a fornicator, then, you know, you just, it's partner after partner after partner after partner, and you never stay faithful to any one person. Stay the hell out of church, for pity's sakes. You don't need church. You know, you're just part of the world. Go back into the world. Stay in the world. Stay out of church. Why are you in church? So, a worldly church. How do you identify a worldly church? You know, you just ask the question, how many of you are saints or fornicators? 60% of your congregation might walk out if you ask that question. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. You know, when you read something like this, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Sexual immorality is what it's talking about. Okay. But you know, God is specific about a lot of subjects. And here's one that affects our society with, with everything that goes on, all the sexual perversions that go on in our society. This is the will of God that you should abstain from sexual immorality. How to tell if the world has infiltrated your church. How to tell if you're just in a worldly church full of unconverted people. All right, here's another way. 1 John 5 and verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. You know, if you're in a church that teaches the commandments are a burden, then you're in a worldly church, you know. And, and a lot of churches have this concept about the law that it basically views it as a burden. Well, that's works of the law if you try to obey God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, we're not under the law. The law's been fulfilled. It's been done away with. It's been negated. It's been nailed to the cross. Okay? And that, all right, if you're in a church where the commandments are viewed as grievous, they're a burden to keep, then you're in a worldly church. You're in a worldly church. If you're in a church that says we are freed by God's grace from the necessity of obeying God's law, you're in a worldly church. Now, I want you to understand something about these statistics that I went through. You have to understand where these statistics came from. All right? Where, where did they come from? How did we get to a point as a nation, where 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. It's nothing wrong with it. You'd think people could just look around at the children that suffer. You'd think people would just look at the dysfunctional family system that is born out of divorce. Okay? And realize this is not right. How did we get to a point? where 60% of Americans say having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. How did we get to that point as a nation? We have not always been like this. If you could go back 100 years ago or even 50 years ago, you would see a different society. But these numbers are going up. How did we come to a point as a nation where 59% of Americans say gay and lesbian sexual relationships are 
morally acceptable. How did we come to this as a nation? Again, if you went back 50 or 60 years ago, you wouldn't see this. How did we come to a point where 63% of Americans say sex between unmarried men and women is morally acceptable? Well, let me tell you where it comes from. It comes from the teaching that we are freed by God's grace from the necessity of obeying God's law. And guess where you learned that at? You learned that at church. And that's why God comes along and says, Look, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. There may come a time when you need to find a different church because your church is no different than the world. And this is just a reality. I mean, we need to face this reality. Now, I know if you ask people in church, you see, church is a... It's an elusive environment. Everybody puts on their best clothing and they look their best and they present their best. So you're not going to have a lot of honesty there about what people truly believe. Sometimes you can just tell by their actions what they believe. But these statistics is how you identify a worldly church. 2 John 1 and verse 10 says, If there come in any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Now, I want to explain this, what this is talking about. Let me read it from a different translation. If anyone shows up and doesn't hold to this teaching, don't invite him in and give him the run of the place. In other words, that would just give him a platform to perpetuate his evil ways, making you his partner. Now, here's the thing. Maybe you as an individual, you don't believe divorce is morally acceptable. Maybe you as an individual, you don't believe having a baby outside a, moral, a marriage is morally acceptable. Maybe you as an individual, you don't believe gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. Maybe you as an individual, you don't believe sex between unmarried men and women is morally acceptable. But you're friends with a lot of people who do. And a lot of those friends are in your church. And this verse says, For he that bids him Godspeed is partakers of his evil deed. In other words, if you just go along with it and you just, you know, well, I know you... You don't have the same conviction I, I, I have, but we're both friends. This verse says don't even bid him Godspeed. People that don't share the same conviction. You know, what I'm saying is that in a church, people should share the same conviction. I'm not saying everybody got to believe the same thing. But if we can't agree on the basics, if we can't agree on the Ten Commandments, if, if we can't come along and say, no, I mean, I, I think having a baby outside of marriage, you know, that, that, that that's a bad thing. I think two people should be committed for life to one another. If we can't stand up as a church and say, well, look, no, I think gay and lesbian, lesbian sexual relationships are wrong. If we can't do that, if we can't come to some type of consensus and say, as a church, these things are wrong, then, then why do we even, well, why do we even go to church? Is it just a support group where everybody can have their own conviction, their own ideas about right and wrong? Is there no standard of morality in your church? 
can we not look to the Bible and say, no, God calls this a sin. God says this is wrong. Can we not do that as a society? And, and another thing, where is the Spirit of God in the church? Shouldn't the Spirit of God put us in a one mindset frame? I'm not saying we all got to agree on the same exact same thing, but shouldn't we be of one mindset? Shouldn't the Spirit, does the Spirit of God have a umpteen hundred different convictions? You say this is wrong, I think it's okay. I think this is right, you think that's wrong. Is that the way the Spirit of God works? I don't think so. I think the Spirit of God convicts us all in the same way. And this verse says, For he that bids him Godspeed is partakers of his evil deeds. That we need to figure out who our true friends are in church. We need to figure out what they actually believe. We need to figure out if our friend sitting beside us in church has any conviction at all. And one of the ways you find out is by asking, what do you believe about having, you know, what's your conviction about these issues? We need to find that out and we need to ask. Because the bottom line is you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I know that as people, we just want to be nice. <clears throat> yeah, we just want to be nice. We want to be nice to everybody. We want to just get along because all it is is a 45-minute worship service. I mean, goodness gracious, if we can't get along during that time, something's wrong with us, you know? We just want to get along. We just want to be nice. But I'm asking the question, what is the true conviction of your church? What is it really like in your church? Where are people's hearts at? Are they really serious about doing the will of God? Are they really serious about sharing the same convictions that God has? God comes along and says, look, I hate divorce. Do you hate divorce? Do you hate divorce? Well, I'd say if you've been through it, you probably do hate it. <laughs> you probably do hate it. And uh, because you've, you've, you've experienced the damage that it can do in your relationship and toward your children. You've experienced the damage that it can do. So is that really in the Bible? You know, as a Christian, you've got to stand for something or you will fall for anything. And I see the churches doing just that, falling for anything. I see the churches falling for the world. They've allowed the world to just to take over the church. And it's a sad picture. It's a sad day for Christians today as we look at this and we realize, man, are people in the church no different than the world? And so I want to leave you with that question. Is your church no different than the world? Maybe it's, start, it's time for you to start standing up and asking some questions. Maybe it's time to really start understanding what the person sitting beside you at church believes. And you start by simply asking questions. What is it that you believe? What is your faith? What are your convictions about sin? Do you even understand that sin is the transgression of God's law? And can we agree on that issue? That sin is the breaking of God's law, 1 John 3, 4. Can we even agree on that? You might be amazed to find out that in a lot of churches, you can't even believe in that. Believe in that. You can't even believe the Bible. 1 John 3, 4, sin is the breaking of God's law. You have to start somewhere. You have to start some, somewhere. So ask. Ask. Find out what 
the people in your church believe. Find out what they stand for. Find out if they stand for anything at all. You might be amazed to find out they don't stand for anything. It's just a feel-good religious experience where I've convinced myself that I'm saved, sanctified, and heaven-bound. That's the only reason I come here. But there is no conviction. Again, is your church no different than the world? I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Order your free copy of You've Been Lied to About the Bible. Order by writing to Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at Is That Really in the Bible? If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of the Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.